You're listening to the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, a weekly podcast going out live every Sunday on YouTube and Google Plus, in which your host Lena Sultana is joined in a round table by Alyssa Franks from the Friends of CCI Forum and various special guests to talk everything Comic Con, from the various events around the globe and the fun and madness you can experience at them. This is season three, episode seven, broadcast on the 13th of September, 2015. And this episode is one that is near and dear to Alyssa's heart. The collecting and curating of a comics collection. A comics slabbing 101, if you will. We're joined by artist Anon Chinskull, Jay Katz from Invest Comics, and live from Long Beach Comic Con, Brittany McManus from CGC, to talk about the best way to get into high-end comics collecting. And we nearly reach the finish line too, before the technical gremlins make an unwelcome appearance on the Hangout. Welcome to A Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana, and this, if it's your first time that you're joining us, uh, just to let you know what we're all about, this is a weekly hangout where we talk at San Diego Comic-Con, con culture, and all the stuff and nonsense that goes up around con culture. And we do talk about comics on occasion, when we get the chance. Um, it's great that um, we've got people joining us. Uh, if you are watching on Google+, of course, you can click on the Q&A button and jump in with any questions. This is going to be the Hangout, where we are definitely looking for your contributions, because there's lots of things I'm certain that you're going to want to ask our fantastic line of guests that we've got today. Which is where I am going to pass kind of the the baton over to um, the person who's going to look after the hangout today, which is my partner in crime. Uh, we've got Alyssa Franks from the Friends of uh, CC Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I am fine, Leonard. Looking <laughs> forward to this hangout immensely. I'm honored to have uh, Brittany uh, from CGC join us this week. Uh, in the Hangout. We've also got a, a knot uh, from the New York City area. If you don't follow him on Facebook, you will... Uh, <laughs> you're, you're missing out because some of the, the pictures, selfies, you've got the amazing array of talent that you get to see and visit with is amazing. And, of course, Jay from Invest in Comics, who will be chiming in... Um, a lot later on in, in helping us understand uh, and, and decide and, and choose which comics to get slabbed. What we're talking about today is slabbing. Uh, that's putting, actually putting the books into the holders. So, Anat. Yes. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just like anybody who goes to con, basically who collects comic book, and then went, often, most of the time, I just go meet the comic creators. Well, at the same time, you could get, like, autographs and sketches from them at a con. Just, uh, and for your case, so basically getting CGC stuff. How do you get all of those, um, the selfies with uh, the people uh, that I see on your Facebook feed? <laughs> um, mostly they're just uh, celebrities that I go see and or encounter in New York because New York is like 
the biggest place to meet celebrities nowadays, or even comic creators. He's he's desperately trying not to use the word stalk. You may have, you may have, you may have just seen that. <laughs> well, it's not really stalking if uh, you, if they're there just for you to meet them. <laughs> and so, so Jay, um, yes. <laughs> tell us a little bit about, about your site. How are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. Um, basically, Invest Comics was uh, has been around for about ten years now. Um, I got my start working on Wall Street in New York for fourteen years before the website came along. Um, comic books have always been a hobby of mine while I was on Wall Street, so that's how the Invest Comics came along, the name itself, because um, I always collected, read, and also speculated as well. But basically, the, the website is doing really well. Um, our weekly hot picks come out every week for the last 10 years now. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we just cover an array of different aspects of the comic book business, whether it be movies, entertainment, comic books, um, everything. I mean, videos. So... Um, that's that's about it. That's all I can think about right now. <laughs> if I can ju- if I can jump in with a question because it's certainly something that I've been interested in uh, talking about uh, in terms of the last twelve months. It's when I've started back getting back in into uh, collecting comics, and it seems like the comic industry, certainly for the last two three years, has been in a very serious sense of flux in terms of trying to attract new readers. Is today's comics uh, investable? Um, basically, one of the one of the key components of the weekly hot picks is what I try to point out as far as the modern comic books go is to basically make sure you read our disclaimer on the website because if you look into invest in modern comic books and become a millionaire, this is not going to happen. <laughs> um, you just you have to know that there's a way of doing things, there's a way of reinvesting a modern comic book to make money. Um, is every modern comic book going to make you money? No. Are you going to lose money? Yes, you are. Um, comparing Wall Street to Invest Comics um, as a you know as a comparison, there's no rhyme or reason why certain books do well or don't do well. Just like the stock market, commodity market, it's the same thing. Sometimes you have a bull market. Sometimes you have a bear market. It's the way it works. But that being said, yeah, you can kind of foresee why a comic book might do well or might not do well um, just like the stock market or commodity market so but if you look and make a lot of money in a moderate it's not going to happen hey. you make some money don't get me wrong <laughs> all I'm looking for is some kind of return so I can afford my flights back to the new future <laughs> well market. you can do so that too you can definitely do that no problem yes you can do that and, and one of the best ways of, of ensuring your comics will have value and will maintain them is to um, get them slabbed. Yes, absolutely. That was <laughs> the least, least obvious segue I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Hi, <laughs> 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 Brittany. Now, Brittany, isn't, Brittany is not going to be here for uh, a great deal of time when it comes to the Hangout because she's kind of busy. She's uh, Where are you at the moment? Where, where do we find you? Uh, I'm in my hotel room, but I, we are working the Long Beach Comic Con, which is night, right next door, and uh, they doubled their show size this year, so we are slammed. We took in uh, about 
1,200 books yesterday. And, uh, wow. it's, it's a busy show. It's the busiest Long Beach Comic Con I've ever been to. Which do you find um, is the kind of the big shows uh, when it comes to the, the business that you do? I mean, is it the kind of the smaller, more intimate conventions, or is it kind of like the big shows like Long Beach, like San Diego, like New York? In turn, each show kind of is different. You know, some shows are really heavy on signature series. Some shows are really have heavy on blue label. Um, obviously, New York Comic Con and San Diego are our two biggest shows of the year. Emerald City, Baltimore, and C2E2 are right under those. Uh, Long Beach would be considered one of our smaller shows, but this year it's going into the middle middle kind of size shows because it's been it's been insanely busy. Okay. You used a couple of terms there, which, as somebody who doesn't know too much about uh, collecting, it's probably best uh, to start there. Um, so um, you said Blue Series. You said a couple of terms there. Can you yeah, I'm sorry. Let's look through a couple of those. Uh, CGC, uh, we offer a service called Signature Series, where if you want to get your comic book either signed by an artist or a celebrity or a writer, we have witnesses available that will go with you at a show and – literally watch the signature take place. That's the only way that we will absolutely authenticate that it's real. If you get something signed and you bring it over to our booth, we can't take it. If you have a picture, we can't take it. If you have video, we can't take it. Unless somebody, I witnessed the signature happening, it won't be authenticated. So at shows, we bring a bunch of witnesses so they can go with each person individually to watch the signatures happen so you can get signature series on your book. If you submit a book not signed by an artist or a celebrity or a writer, that book would get a blue label, which is just a universal label. Okay. I wish I had samples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send them to pics at uh, an Englishman in San oh, Diego. I'd absolutely love to see those. <laughs> Fantastic. This is where Alyssa's disappeared for a second. I'm guessing <laughs> she's just gone to fetch some examples, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is where, yeah. Okay. Go on then, Alyssa. What have you got? Oh, okay. She's plugging herself back in. Yeah, she just vanished there for a second. Oh, what's this? What I tried to to do is this is what a yellow label looks like, um, which uh, with a signature on it. So this is what you'll end up getting uh, once you've gone through the signature series process. Versus, um, and I don't know. I may have missed the explanation of the blue label, but this is the uh, the blue label series. So you'll hear people referring to yellow labels and blue label books. Now you see, that's where I've heard terms, and I, I, that's why I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm watching this as well as taking part. So that's fantastic. Once again, people, if you are watching this, and if there are any questions that you want to put to uh, our guests, do jump in uh, on the uh, Q and A, and of course you can use the hashtag as well, CupOTSDCC. We do check that out on Twitter. Uh, so any questions that you want to ask, certainly in terms of um, the things that are uh, brought up. So any, where do you, what do you want to go to next for the second? So the process, did you walk through the process of getting a signature series, and that's going to the, the CGC booth, introducing yourself to Brittany and one of her, her uh, uh, fellow black shirt CGC people, and that's correct. You're all in black shirts just to... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> black, shirts, black shirts for CGC employees, and then the witnesses have uh, red shirts that say uh, CGC signature series. So if you happen to be standing in line 
and I've done this myself on occasion, and notice a red shirt, and you're thinking about getting something signed, and you happen to notice the CGC red shirt standing at the front of the line, you can you can kind of wave over to him and say, witness me, and walk back with that red shirt back to the booth, and you'll help them fill out the forms? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Uh, you know, sometimes we get to, I think the last time I saw you at a show was in special edition, and that show was way busier than it had been the year before. So we were a little bit understaffed, and we had witnesses just running everywhere. Uh, if that's the case, you know, a lot of times we'll give you somebody's phone number so you can text them when you're getting close to the front of the line. We try to find a way to make it work. Occasionally, if there's, like, a really big um, artist there, uh, the, the recent artist of Spider-Gwen, he was really big at that show. So we had somebody mm-hmm. just posted at his line because there were so many people wanting to get signature series books uh, signed by him. So we just stationed somebody there, and they bring people back over to the booth in, in groups. And I, was about, I, was about, I was going to ask, actually, because obviously it does sound that it gets very, very busy, and obviously you're, you're, you have people running left, right, and center. Do you coordinate a lot with the artists and uh, with the, the cons themselves to kind of, if not circumvent the lines, as it were, but certainly kind of allow you to do what you need to do? Yeah, our signature series director, Mike Ballant, he scouts out uh, the guest list for the shows. He will let me know how many witnesses we're going to need for a show. Usually we try to bring more than we think we'll need, and we always end up feeling like we didn't have enough people. Um, Occasionally we do private signings. So we'll take uh, a certain artist doesn't want a flood of, you know, witnesses in his line. So we'll take the books and then get them signed at a certain time usually like the last day of the show. Uh, We don't do that too often. Usually at the bigger shows like San Diego and New York, we'll do some private signings. Uh, Otherwise, you know, in the case of New York, that show is so big, Artist Alley is located downstairs. It's not uh, on the main exhibit floor, so we'll have two booths. We'll have a booth upstairs that will mainly take in blue label stuff, and then we'll have a whole booth in Artist Alley with, you know, Mike heading the booth and then 20 different witnesses to go with you to get any of your signature series done. I, I have taken advantage of the artists, the artist signings that you guys help facilitate. I believe at New York's special edition, they had um, uh, Claremont yes. was uh, that you guys facilitated that. And we'd just like to, to heartily say thank you very much for doing that because it makes it so much easier. I, I'd be happy to pay you the five or ten dollars or whatever the artist's fee is, to, <laughs> to not to have to stand in line. And uh, also for Kirkman, because I know it, at uh, New York City last year you guys did Kirkman too. Any thoughts on doing Kirkman again this year at New York as, City? As of now, I believe we are doing Kirkman again, and there will be a few others that I believe we're doing that we will announce once they're set in stone a little bit closer, probably in about a week or so, because New York City is only, what, three weeks away then? It's not far away at all at this point. <laughs> Do you get many people? Is, is it um, something that is best to approach you at the booth, at the con, or is it best to communicate with you prior to actually getting there? Uh, I think it's always good to be prepared. So if you have questions about how things work, we have you know submission emails that are just general uh, Q&As where you can type in questions and we'll respond back to you. But I always suggest anybody who's new to CGC before they do anything, come by the booth and find out, how do I do this? Because it 
it's heartbreaking when somebody walks up with a book that they just got signed and they're so excited and then you have to say, I'm sorry, we can't give that signature series because we didn't witness it. Yeah. And they're just, there's nothing they can do. They can't go back to the artist and be like, didn't you just sign this? We, it, we can't do it. We have to have that program locked in so tight because if, if anything happens and we encapsulate just one book without a real signature, the whole program is null and void at that point in time. So I always suggest anybody who's new to CGC to come by the booth. We have so many people available to explain how the different programs work. It's always best to come by uh, before you get anything done. Okay. We've actually got a couple of questions, and one of them actually relates to that uh, that's come in on the uh, the Q&A. Again, as always, jump in on the Q&A if there's anything that you want to ask. Uh, this question's come in from uh, Craig Linders, uh, saying that I have a few signed comics that have certificates authenticity, I knew I was going to trip up on that, uh, <laughs> certificates of authenticity from Wizard and other vendors, would those still get a blue label if submitted as those signatures were not witness, witnessed by CGC? No, we don't accept certificates of authenticity. We don't accept anything other than an eyewitness, CGC witness seeing it. That's the most definite answer you're ever going to get to that question. <laughs> that fantastic. Thank you. Uh, this actually is a question not only for yourself, Brittany, but also to Jay as well. Um, this is from uh, Jason Coe. Uh, when buying a comic book, what are the primary defects that we should look out for that would most lower its CGC grade? That's a little bit difficult for me to answer because I'm not a grader, but they do not have... Um, a set grading scale. Each book, when it gets looked at, starts at a 10, and it go it gets detracted based off the defects. And there's different kinds of defects, uh, manufacturing defects, handling defects. Um, there's numerous ones. And, you know, they have – that's really just more of a greater question. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to speak on things that I don't actually know about. Uh, Jason actually might be a better person to answer that because I <laughs> – not great. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I mean, uh, as a non-CGC person or greater, as an outsider, um, what you always look for are the corners. You look for you look at the staples uh, that that are holding a book. You look for fingerprints. You look for anything that might be a, a defect in the book, obviously. But you're definitely checking the corners. Very, very important to check the corners of each book. And the, and uh, the spine. The, and the spine, yeah. you got to make sure that there's no cracks where the staples are or any cracks in the color. Because once there's a crack in the color, you just went down a half a grade or a grade. So it's you know, those are some of the many, many things that you look for. Like Brittany said, I'm not a grader myself, but as a collector, that's what I look for. What's the, what's the, what's the difference in terms of your return of what you uh, put into a comic when it comes to your kind of like your your nine eights, your nine sevens, I mean, is it all happening in that that top nine, or does there, is there is there like an instant drop off from like? No, actually, a book can receive a nine eight with uh with one defect on it. If it has one of those defects on it, it can still receive a nine eight. A very, I've been with CGC for two years, and I've seen one ten, and that's the only ten I've ever seen. And I've seen like maybe five nine nines. Um, tens cannot have a single defect. Nine nines don't usually have uh, a single defect. Uh, nine eights though can have a small defect. But as Jason mentioned, corner dings, fine bends, color breaks, that's going to pretty dramatically drop the grade. <laughs> 
please tell me that the tens that you saw were actually decent books. They were Howard the Ducks or anything like that. Please <laughs> keep, keep that. Keep that I too. think the ten I saw was an East-West book. Oh, I believe wow. that's what it was. That's a good book. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> and I believe that's what it was, if I'm remembering correctly. It's, it was like a unicorn. I saw it, and then I was like, wait, did I see that? <laughs> yeah, so who knows? It could have been a figment of my imagination. How many books do you get? Like for last year's New York Comic Con or for San Diego last last year. I know you said you got twelve hundred yesterday for yeah. Long Beach Con. How many did you pull in for San Diego for all five days? Our since CGC started, the shows have been uh, taking in more and more books each year. We keep track of how many we get in at each show. Mm-hmm. And last year. Uh, we took in 12,000 books at New York Comic Con, which was absolutely record-breaking, but also puts a big dent on CGC because that's a lot of books to get graded, so that impacts our turnaround times a lot, and that really angers our customers. I'll tell you that. Um, at San Diego this year, we took in uh, 9,800 books. How many of those are New Mutants in 98? <laughs> well, Rob Liefeld was signing at San Diego this year, and he actually did a private signing at our booth, which was pretty cool. And with all the with the Deadpool movie coming out next year, uh, New Mutants '98 is just like we're seeing a lot of them. Do you do a breakdown of blue labels versus yellow labels? So you would know of that 9,800 at San Diego, oh, 6,000 of them were signature series versus 4,000 approximately. Um, I, I don't have those numbers, but I know that we do take those kinds of reports internally. But I don't actually have those numbers uh, readily available. Yes, those numbers are currently available in the vault. That's a little bit um, above our pay grade. Okay. Yes, I am. I actually am still waiting for a book from SCNYC. I will say that. So well, I still any- haven't got mine either. Yeah. From, from um, special edition? Yep. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, send me your invoice numbers, and I'll get those out to you guys. That's right. Oh, we need, that, yeah, we invite you on here so we can just pin you up against the wall and just confront you. No, it's best to join the call. I'll get your books out to you within two weeks. Off. How about that? <laughs> send, email me those invoice numbers. Uh-oh. Hey, Careful, you're going to get a deluge of um, emails from people. <laughs> We actually have, um, if I can interject for a second here, we actually have uh, an affiliation, so does CGC, with uh, GPA analysis, GP analysis. And basically you can go in onto their website and you can pretty much gauge how many comics have been graded at a certain grade, how many have signature series, how, what they sold for. Uh, so that's also a very good way of gauging how the market's doing and how your book, fits into the grand scheme of things, really. Is that, is that a service on the Invest Comics website, yeah? No, no, it's not. We were affiliated with GP Analysis, so is CGC. Uh, they GP allow them to do that. Amazing. The tools yeah, they're really great. The information they have is, mm-hmm. it'll blow your mind. Yeah, how much really. Huh. Yes. So where's, where, where can people find that? I believe it's gpanalysis.com or something like that. I don't want to get it wrong, but... Noted. Um, that's it. Okay, thanks, Brittany. Yeah, so it's really a great website, a great tool to use. 
I'll okay. put that link up in the Q&A. That's yeah. fantastic. Thank you, Alyssa. Uh, we actually have another question as well that's come in. Uh, again, keep them coming, please do. Um, this is from Michael Leventhal. Hello, Michael, uh, one of our uh, good friends on the Hangout, um, asking how does pricing work for CGC um, with blue, yellow label, as well as opening an account for a con for a day? Um, what about third parties for CGC if CGC doesn't have a booth at a specific con that you're going to? Okay, these are so all really that good was, That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot of okay, I'm going to start with pricing because that's probably one of the uh, biggest, most important questions. Blue Label and Signature Series have slightly different pricing. For a modern Blue Label book, and modern means anything published from 1975 to the present, it is $18 a book. If it is pre-1975 and it's valued at $300 or less, it is $35 a book. If your book is valued between $300 and $1,000, it's going to go under the standard tier of service, which is a shorter turnaround time, and that's $60 a book. If your book is valued between $1,000 and $3,000, it's a five-day turnaround time, express tier, and it is $95 a book. Anything above $3,000 a book is a one-day turnaround time. It goes walk-through, and it's 3% of the fair market value. I can just picture what that actually entails is an entire an entire CGC office going, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Good grief. Look at this book for God. And that's why it gets turned around so quick because everyone's staring at the thing. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. Um, the truth of the matter is uh, the different tiers, we have to put insurance on every single book from the moment it leaves the customer's hands and enters our hands. We have to insure it. We're a collectibles company. Everything inside our facility or in CGC's uh, custody, if you will, has to be insured at all times. If anything happens to a book, we have to pay out on the value that that customer insured their book for. So books that are valued higher, their turnaround times are less because it costs more money to insure them while they're in our possession. So that's how the tiers kind of break down. Um, Signature series moderns are $28 a book. Signature Series Economy are 40. Signature Series Standard is 65. Signature Series Express is 95, and walkthrough is the same. It's 3% of the fair market value. What, uh, I'm, going to, what I'm going to do is, uh, at the end of this Hangout, I'm going to go back, watch this bit again, type this all out. I will put it on the, the comment section, so we will do a breakdown. But, of course, um, no doubt all of this is available on the CGC website. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, great news, I... Uh, just finished a little, we just finished revamping our website. So we have a new homepage and we have a, uh, our new submission center will be up, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. And it kind of makes it a lot easier. It's like a one, two, three step process. It's not as convoluted as it was before. And the pricing is smack dab on the page. So easy to read. Uh, you just find the book you have, what year it was, what its value is, and it'll tell you exactly how much you're looking to pay to get it graded. How does fast track work um, in that? Because I, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll get economy fast track. That cuts it in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, Say it's just a standard blue label or a signature series. So, is that correct? Yeah. Fast track is can be applied to either modern or economy tiers. Standard express and walkthrough, there's no fast track for those because they're already a much faster service. If you want to pay $10 more per book, you can fast track your moderns or your economies, and whatever the current turnaround time is, it's going to cut that in half. 
That's correct. How accurate is the website with regards to your turnaround times? I just <laughs> well, because we're relaunching our submission page, I just updated uh, our turnaround times, and the ones that go live this week will be actually accurate. Um, our modern tier of service is running at 75 business days right now. Our economy tier of service is at about 70 to 75 business days. Our modern tier of service uh, is much more behind than it has been uh, in the past. Our mo we have an influx of moderns in-house, which is great. It's not a bad problem to have so many books in-house, but our modern turnaround time is suffering right now. So if I were to apply a fast track to that, would that cut the time in, in half about? Um, modern fast track books are running at about a month and a half. Okay. Our modern turnaround time is about three and a half to four months, but fast tracks are actually getting out a little bit faster than half the amount of time. Because that's been one of the, the questions that a lot of people have had for me is, is uh, you know, and, and wanting to ask you <laughs> about was uh, the, the actual turnaround times. So how many boxes of comics do you actually ship that will you be taking from Long Beach to your CGC facility in Florida, do you think, from Long uh, we've shipped out 12 boxes yesterday, uh, and the show started about an hour ago. Uh, they let VIP <laughs> go at 9.30, so I'm not sure what they're at now. I'm going to assume we're probably at one or two boxes so far. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and estimate that we're going to probably end up with a, anywhere from 20 to 25 boxes for this show. Is that pretty standard for a weekend uh, that you that when you go to a con you come back with um, at least uh, at least a thousand books these um, these days or is it possible 25 to twenty five boxes would be twenty five hundred books roughly give or take uh, we uh, there yeah, there's an estimate between eighty and a hundred books in one of the boxes that we ship. Uh, closer to a hundred usually, especially if they're mostly moderns. Um, but each show in New York last year, uh, we shipped out 120 boxes. Here we'll probably take in 25. It really just depends on the size of the show, the artists that were there, how many dealers wanted to drop off books. It just, it, each show is so different. How have you liked Long Beach? It, we were hearing some um, people commenting on the uh, the a lot of a lot of lines and a lot of craziness uh, to get into the con. How has it been for you? Uh, I actually dined with one of the show promoters last night, and he was explaining that the prepay line. Everybody was like, you know, let me go ahead and prepay so I can just get in right when I get there. That line was around the building, down the street. And then the cash line was like 10 people long. So, <laughs> and I guess, you know, Joe was on them thinking they could get in earlier, but I heard that there was a lot of uh, anger about that prepay line. But it was a busy show. Like, it took me a significant amount of time to get from my booth to the bathroom. That's always the priority. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, how I know. If it takes me a long time to get from the booth to the bathroom, I'm like, this show is busy. Mm hmm. Right. 
Okay, I, we have a question from uh, Michael Leventhal again. Uh, this is for Anant and, uh, Anant and for the others on the, the guests as well. Uh, since you deal with artists a lot, how do you deal with an artist when a commission doesn't go to plan or when the artist falls off the grid and you can't get in touch with them? I think this one's Ooh, more that's for, kind of uh, tough. Because <laughs> you you're really got to have a, some kind of, con, you know, contact info with them. Like recently I have, like some fallout with one of the artists that supposed to finish my commission at special edition even though i have her contact info it's she's not responding back to me so it's kind of tough to say about that because all usually uh we usually get our stuff done or we normally provide the info for them to either contact us or contact them back that's really uh there's really no way of knowing unless you have some type of contact info mm -hmm. at this point. I, I can imagine it's very similar to yourself as well, Brittany, in terms of, I mean, when you have some uh, quite in, um, expensive items and then people just don't get in contact with you or something doesn't quite, um, <laughs> something doesn't quite work. Uh, or, or, or like myself, you forget to go back and give your credit card number at the end of the show, <laughs> so you get the phone call. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been that know, one. I, I've heard a few stories about people having difficulty getting their stuff back from artists, but the truth of the matter is, the artists are the artists. They're the ones who create this stuff that everybody loves to collect and read. So they're kind of the end all, be all of the comic industry, I would say a tip for uh, Mr. Leventhal would be if he's going to get a commission done to try to drop it off the absolute first chance he can at a show and pick it up at a show. That way the artist can't disappear. Um, once you send it off, I guess you kind of open yourself up to you're lowering the chances of maybe getting that piece back. Speaking you of sketches, uh, uh, if we were to submit like um – like sketches on the blanks. Usually, mm -hmm. the CGC have to come witness picking it up, or because I've seen some people, they got sketches from other cons and they submitted to CGC to get it the yellow slab for some reason. I don't know, because you guys didn't the signature on the the sketch. Uh, the way sketches work is if you um, all we we only need to be there when you up the sketch from the artist. If the sketch or the book that's signed is in the artist's possession, that's fine. As long as we're there when it leaves the artist's possession and enters into yours, then that's all we need. If an artist were to, if you were to give a sketchbook to an artist and he were to take it back with him and then you go to another show and he's there, we can go with you to pick it up. Even though that sketch was done at the previous show, as long as it remained in the artist's possession, the person who we're saying did the sketch, then it's okay. Uh, also, if an artist takes your sketch home and sends it directly to CGC on your behalf, we will also accept it that way. Anytime the either signature or sketch is coming from the artist, if they're saying it's their work, then it's their work. We're not going to argue with an artist. So, I mean, that's just, that's... Are they the, the final arbiter, I'm guessing? Yeah. But you still have to witness, like, know, the other sir, that's not right? your work. I'm sorry? What was that an Uh You still have to witness the other signatures. Like, uh, let's say, let's say I got um, a book that a sketch by an artist, and then I want to get Chris Claremont to sign it. 
you would still have to witness Chris Claremont to to sign that book still, right? Even though it got sketched already. Yes, that's correct. So let me, there's a couple different ways to do that. If the people are at the same show, you drop your your commission that you want to get done off day one. Uh, hopefully it's done later that day, and then we'll, we'll hold it in our possession. We have open six series boxes at each show, and we'll hold it so you can get multiple signatures on multiple books throughout the weekend, and then you can close it out uh, at the end of show on Sunday. If you want to get stuff done by artists at two different shows, you would have to submit your sketch or commission at one show. It would have to get graded, come back to you, and you'd have to crack out that yellow label with a CGC person and then walk it to get the next signature that you wanted. You'd want to crack it at the t- at the CGC booth, though, just yeah, to be so specific. You can't do it yourself. If you crack a yellow label out in your home and then bring it into the show, that first signature is null and void. So what's the process you guys do to crack it, though? Mark, <laughs> why don't you bring one of your slabs to the booth, and I will crack it open for you and show you how we crack I'm guessing uh, a hammer and chisel is not going to be Because I've seen one at a show that one, one of the ladies, she's using a knife just to crack it open, and it looks like it almost could pierce through to the book, and it almost, it's kind of frightening me. Oh, a CGC person? You mean they used a blade? Yeah. Yeah. The like they didn't use the end with the blade. They used the other end to pop open the hard case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have to use your surgeon hands to slice the book out of uh, the inner well. It's nerve wracking. And I remember uh, New York Comic Con last year, our signature series coordinator had to crack out an AF15 that was like a 9.0. It was like a really high grade AF15. And he just has all these people around watching him, and you can just see him like start <laughs> And I'm like, that, I'm so happy that's not me right now. Oh, poor Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you've ever been, if, if if you've ever been to the CGC booth, uh, Mike uh, is the the signature coordinator, and he's just a bundle of energy. Yeah. Wonderful person, very very outgoing. Uh, very nice, but very efficient. Uh, you know, he he tells you the information that you need to know very quickly. So it's interesting to see him put into that position of having to crack a an expensive book. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Yeah. Very, very Just to ask a question, I also want to uh, fold uh, Jay into this as well. Um, in terms of um, the books that you actually see coming to, because you do talk about, um, say, from uh, from 1975 and back, is the the books that you're seeing coming to CGC, the booth, is it a lot of the classics from the Silver and Golden Age, or are you seeing a lot of uh, newer books kind of being that start of that long-term investment process? What, what, what you, what's the kind of percentage that you're seeing at the moment? I would say that we probably have 70% modern books and 30% older books. I would say that recently it's been an influx of uh, modern stuff, um, but as Jason was mentioning, there are some modern books that are just winners. Like, there are some modern books that are, like, the New Mutants 98 and, um, you know, Spawn 1 was a good one. Walking Dead number 1 is a great one. There are some uh, modern books that are just good, good books. Um, oh, yeah. 
And there's a lot of modern books that we don't know yet whether or not they're going to be good. Four years from now, we could be like, dang, I wish I hung on to that. That was a good one. You don't know. Okay. Well, in that case, I mean, this is a kind of a personal question in terms of the ones that I've been buying. Because um, the, the big industry news this year has been uh, the Star Wars titles, um, certainly in terms of sales. As, as, um, but there's been so many um, variant covers. There's been so many uh, covers uh, sorry, uh, um, quantities of sales. Does that kind of harm um, how much of an investment these Star Wars books are going to be? Uh, I'll put that to Jay, I suppose. Yes, uh, it definitely does um, because it comes a point that you you have too many copies of one book. Star Wars number one was a great book. Star Wars in general is a great read, whether whether it's Star Wars or Princess Leia books or whatever books. Um, now Marvel's putting out right now, but the 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 whole factor you have to factor in the quantity that are available for a book to be uh, uh, worth money. You know, so if you're speculating on a book that has one million copies of them out there, it kind of takes away deters from the actual value of the book. You know, New Mutants number 98 is a great book. Okay, uh, it's a first Deadpool, but at the same time, the the book was overprinted. So a lot of times you're going to get people paying a lot of money for that book, but at the end of the day, you have too many copies of that book out there. But as for the Star Wars, going back for a second, Star Wars books, Invest Comics, we, we recommend buying any of the new Star Wars books coming out right now as far as the moderns go because there's that chance of an introduction, a first appearance that will make that book explode. And your 4.99 book, graded by CGC, becomes a 9.8, and all of a sudden, 4.99 book is a hundred dollar book, a hundred fifty dollar book, uh, because of that introduction of a, a new Star Wars character. So there's a lot of factors that go into modern books that uh, that that factor into to either being worth money now, or ten years from now might not be worth money. Um, Brittany, in terms of people wanting to put um, books to you, uh, do you find it is mostly investors, or is it just people who are just really wanting to keep uh, make sure that this book is kept in the best condition that it is? Uh, there's really truly Pounds. both. Of them. There's <laughs> just the collectors who wouldn't like they're never selling their books ever, and they want them just to be protected, and they want them for themselves, and they're going to pass them on to their kids and their grandkids and they're not selling them. And then you have dealers and you have people who just turn them around, get them graded, sell them, buy more, get them graded, sell them. Uh, you really have, you deal with both. It just, it depends on the person. Okay. Um, what kind of, um, uh, well, uh, I think this is again to uh, Brittany and Jay, in terms of what's the kind of usual, or what's the uptake on a book once it's been graded? Say, for example, um, uh, a title, uh, a book's been brought to you. What's um, and you get a good grading on it, and like I say, a signature series. What kind of percentage are you looking at? A kind of as an, uh, an investment, I suppose. Um, well, that sounded incredibly vague. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, personally, I mean, um, for me, what what I, we always recommend on Invest Comics is to basically make your money, whatever it can, whatever money you can make, and and just. And walk away from it, because basically you're spending four dollars and ninety nine cents on comic, you're getting it graded through CGC. Um, 
So all in all, say you're in 40 bucks with the book, okay? Let's just say you got to sign the grading. It's a 9.8, and a book you can sell it for 100 bucks. So now you talk about a $60 profit. Uh, my, our attitude has always been, especially with the moderns, uh, you know, speaking on the moderns, take your money and run. Because you, you already, you're only $40 into the book and you, you're gonna make a $60 profit. Um, so take your money and run. A lot of times what happens in this industry, especially with speculators, is they, they get the, the book rated and signed and they hold on to it because they want more money. And what happens is the market gets saturated with all the nine eights that are signed and all of a sudden your, your $100 book is now $50. So now you're either going to break even or you're going to lose money. So a lot of times what we try to tell people who collect the moderns, make your money and just go away. <laughs> just move along, you know, <laughs> uh, because basically you make your money, you just reinvest it into another more, more modern books. And, uh, and a lot of people hold on to these books and lose money a lot of times. I don't know if Brittany can attest to that because she's on the other side, but on this side, that's what we see. We don't deal too much. We really try to stay out of uh, the market. We have to be unbiased when it comes right. to uh, the books that we uh, grade. We can't really ever deal with in, like investment advice or anything like that. Um, do you get, do you get a number of people doing that coming up to the, the booth and saying, oh, what do you every think? Time. They're like, what, what, what grade is this book? And I say, I can't tell you. I'm not a grader. And they're like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, let me tell you what I think. I think if I tell you anything, you're going to raise hell if your book doesn't get exactly what I I think it could get. And so, no, we don't give investment advice. We don't give pre-grades at shows, none of that. The graders are the experts. They grade the books. The dealers that are out there are the experts. And, you know, people like Jason, they're the ones who know about what books are worth and what they should sell for and all that. We don't really deal with that. We just And, and now I'm picturing them position. arriving at a con in the pimp suit in the limousine <laughs> as, the, as the rock stars of CGC. <laughs> um, we've got a question that's come in, and I'm going to read this out. I'm not entirely sure if he's typed this out right. This is from Michael again. Uh, can a book lose a grade once it is graded but not, o not, but not opened? I think that's a, a grading oh, question. Yeah. Yes, oh. um, yeah, but no. Absolutely not. Okay. I don't. If a book was graded and never opened, I don't see how that could happen. If you drop that book and it gets run over in the street and then you send it in for a reholder, I think they might want to regrade it and it's not going to yeah. be great. I just asked the hey, I just asked the questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey Brittany, do you need to do you need to go? Are you okay? Do you no, I have to I'm gonna give myself to eleven and then uh, I'm, I'll take off. <laughs> okay. Well that's when we're gonna be wrapping up anyway. Okay. So <laughs> we can try and keep it to keep it to an hour. Okay, um well I I think um I, oh go on. Yeah. I I did have a question. Um and a lot of people, this kind of goes to the philosophy of signatures. Oh, uh, Leonard mentioned a few shows ago that he got, uh, disapproving looks when some, when he told uh, a vendor that he had gotten his book signed. I personally don't like to get my books signed unless I'm going to get them slabbed, CGC'd, uh, because I don't want to have un, um, 
I don't want to have signatures on there that that are not are not um, verified. Verified. Absolutely. And so I'm wondering from Anat and Jay, what are your feelings about this? And Leonard, too, uh, what are your feelings about this, whether or not you would get a book signed, um, whether... Whether or not you're, you know, if you're not going to get it, get my book signed. Well, I would still get my book signed anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of preference, really. It's a matter of whether or not you you're doing it for personal reasons. Hey, you want to mm-hmm. get your Stanley book signed uh, because you know Stanley signed a book and not get it graded? Then that's your prerogative. There's no, there's no, you know, written book in this industry. Well, Brittany can attest to this, where you say, yeah, you know, when you get your book signed, you have to get it graded through CGC. No, you don't. You can do whatever you want with that book. You can hang it on your wall in your living room or your, your office and say, Stanley, sign my book. So what? That's your preference. You know, that's the way it works. There's just a lot of people out there who are very, who either really look down on getting a book signed without getting it CGC'd and or... Yeah. So that you know, that's why I was trying to to bring it up. And in, in what is how many books I wonder does CGC get that don't um, have a verified signature on them? Uh, do you regularly get books, Brittany, into CGC that have a unverified signature? And do you go ahead and slab them, or what's the process if you do have a say? You've got a book signed by Stan Lee, and you still want to get it slabbed, for example. Uh, there's, I would say it's 50-50. There are people who find out that we won't verify a signature and mm-hmm. they don't want to get their book slabbed. They don't want to pay the money mm-hmm. if it's not going to be verified. But then there are people who, they don't care. They know Stanley signed that book or they know mm-hmm. uh, Todd McFarland signed their book and they don't care whether or not it's authenticated. They just want it protected and they know for their own you know peace of mind that it's real. And that's right. fine. That's wonderful. Yes. It's yours. It doesn't matter. Uh, however, you get the green label back, right? Yes. Yeah, if you get a book <laughs> that is un, it's not a witness signature, you will get a qualified label. What the qualified label means is that we will not downgrade at all for there being writing on the front cover. And the label will say, you know, writing on front cover or signature on front cover. But the book won't be downgraded for that. It'll still get the grade that the it deserves based off its condition. And that brings up another interesting question, which is purple labels. Okay. Which are? <laughs> Not my right Which are? <laughs> Stop using these terms without explaining. Come on. Okay, so what well, are purple labels? A purple label is a restored label. It's any book that has restoration done to it. Okay. I, I And my history with that was that I received a purple label. Um, unbeknownst to me, the book had been touched up uh, with a black magic marker, and I had to search the web uh, vigorously to find out what the purple label was. So I just wanted to put that out there uh, to people so that they would <laughs> have heard the term before. Um, yes, I was massively disappointed. It was like a daredevil 10 or 14, 20 uh, that I had a Stan Lee signed. So I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was unhappy. <laughs> just just I, a little. I will, I will say this. Um, a lot of times we have a sister company called CCS, and it's a pressing company. 
and they do restoration removal. And oftentimes they can work miracles in removing restoration. Not everything. You can send a book in and they'll screen it and say, yes, we can remove this restoration or no, we can't. Um, but that is a good option for people who buy a book not realizing that it could have restoration and then they get it back and find out that it does. Mm-hmm. That's a good option if you wanted to see uh, if it's possible to get it removed. They're also great. I'll have to second uh, them. They, I, I had the opportunity to see the leader, um, the owner of that company, uh, talk to another person with regards to the the problems and or possible grading prospects of a, a raw book that he had in hand. And um, his, his services are wonderful, the pressing. And, and you do that through your booth, Brittany. Mm-hmm. You can submit books for pressing uh, mm-hmm. at any at any CGC booth at any show. That will dramatically increase your wait time, though. I submitted a book uh, for pressing, and I don't at a special edition, which was back in June, uh, to get a, an Iron Fist 14 signed mm-hmm. by Claremont, and it still has not made it to CGC yet. <laughs> so just to be warned that that will increase your, your wait times. Voice numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm hesitant too, but yes, I probably will because I am, I am curious. Um, what type of books are you guys uh, are collecting? Uh, and this is primarily to Jay. Um, are you... I mean, I'm talking about your keep and hold books, uh, not the moderns, which you, you've eloquently described as to flip them. Um, but are you are you keeping and holding the bronze books? Sure, there's, there's plenty of books out there to keep and hold. Uh, we we talk about it all the time. Um, the bronze books, there's there's certain ones. Obviously, the the Iron Man, you know, 55. Um, but the big the big comics right now that we're speculating on are are the the Inhuman books, the Fantastic Four from the Silver Age, uh, uh, 45, 46, I believe, is the first Black Bolt, first Inhumans. Mm-hmm. We're really highly recommending that book, extremely um, recommending, recommending that book. Um, if you can get that book at any price right now, we suggest you definitely pick it up and buy it. Um, as for, um, and you know, and also uh, Fantastic Four number four, also another Silver Age book. With, with telling people to definitely pick up on that book and buy it. Um, it's the first Silver Age uh, uh, Submariner. And this is so many books out there that, you know, I, I wouldn't be able – I'd be doing an injustice if I'd be naming some books and forgetting others, you know. Yeah. Um, but those are really <laughs> books that, that I, I'm really high on right now, especially the Inhumans. Very, mm-hmm. very big, very huge. We recommend buying that. Anad, do you uh, what what books are you keeping and holding these days? Do you get mostly um, um, sketches though? Um, I've been getting mostly like sketches here. I'll show you like the some of the recent <laughs> I have like like uh, Don't tell us. <laughs> yeah. Rob, Robbie Rodriguez uh, Spider Gwen. Ah. And uh, if anything like blanks, that's what I usually been collecting just to get sketches on. Mhm. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. So Leonard seems to have dropped out of the hangout. So we're not. Um, so I'm hopefully that he's going to come back in and join us <laughs> again. Leonard. Um, 
Oh no, Leonard! <laughs> well, uh, and there he back. is. Okay. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So, aside, so are you predominantly Jay? You're predominantly looking at the uh, the Silver Age stuff or the the early '60s Marvel stuff. Yeah, uh, well, predominantly looking at that, and also the Bronze Age books, uh, even the Copper Age. Mm-hmm. Those are all books that that if you want to buy and hold, those are the books that you need to get. You can't. Um, again, the modern age books are really are very sketchy. You can't really predict those as as much as you can predict the first appearance of you know uh, of death uh, Deathstroke, you know, or Deadpool for that matter, you know. Um, so those books are our keepers. Um, although certain books, like I've already stated, are overprinted, and um, you're spending a lot of money on some of these books now. But the problem is that five, ten years from now. These overprinted books are going to really tank. <laughs> so you got to be careful right. and know what you're doing when you're speculating on books. Um, you, you can't spend uh, $850 on a first Spider Gwen uh, book. Uh, it's just it's not very it's not very conducive of 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 being a speculator. Uh, I've seen people spend $850 on a first appearance of Spider Gwen. That just blows my mind. It really does. Great character. Don't get me wrong. Um, fantastic character. But to spend that kind of money on a modern book like that is a little much. In our yeah, but the whole what about modern speculating mar- on artists and writers. What was that? I'm sorry. What about speculating on artists and writers? Let's say like uh, yes. it was a book that Scott Snyder first worked on. Yes. How much do people speculate on those? As Absolutely, well? FS Comics hits on that all the time as well. You know, uh, we we just recommended a few weeks ago to George Perez Flash book from DC, his first work. First work from Invest uh, Comics loves to to recommend first works from artists and writers because we feel as though that's their that's their Picasso, that's their Rembrandt, that's the first one they have ever done. Um, so. To speculate on those books are very important because at the end of the day, when you have a Stan Lee, if you have his first work or you have uh, Jack Kirby's first work, those are very – those guys are icons, you know, so you want their first work. Um, so we recommend those all the time. Yeah, that's important too in the speculation market. Yeah, the whole the whole mo- the modern books, frankly, just really scare me. I I was buying a few of them, the Spider Gwens and that sort of thing, yes. but um, that's uh, that's just too much. There's too <laughs> much new stuff coming out that it's, you know a lot. a lot of people are hyping on, and yet yes. I don't see the prospect six months down the road right. to be able to to slab them. But that's why with Invest Comics, our weekly hot picks, if you read them, we try to really lay it down on a line to explain to people, you know, as well as our disclaimer, which I mentioned earlier, you have to really understand that that with the modern market, you either going to probably make money or you're just going to have a good book to read. And uh, that's why we Mm -hmm. recommend that you buy the books, read them, you enjoy them. Um, but there's certain books that, yeah, you should buy, like we recommended, or like I said earlier, the Star Wars books. Any Star Wars modern book, you should pick it up. Not only is it a good read, but it's also the speculation market can explode at any time on any one of those books, like it did with the Star Wars number four, I believe, or number three, I forget, with the introduction of that new character. Um, that book exploded out of the gate. It's since cooled down, 
Um, but you know, it, it's the modern books are very hard to predict, but they're they're fun to to try and get a hold of one that that basically can pay for your new comics pull list for the next three or four months if you flip <laughs> it for five hundred bucks. You know, so it's pretty good. You know, that would be good. Yes. <laughs> Leonard, do you have any more questions? I'm kind of out of questions. Oh, I'm just trying to get myself kind of technically sorted out because I keep, you may have noticed I keep dropping out. I do yes. apologize. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yes, well, but I'm certain, I'm certain a listener is uh, keeping you nicely uh, looked after. Um, I, I think certainly for um, myself, it's more a case of um, what do you feel is in terms of uh, investing in a comic. Do you see um, Kind of the market improving in terms of the way that uh, certainly with like the the big events that the the big two the uh, DC and Marvel uh, put together. Do you see um, investing in comics being something that you can look forward to in in terms of um, the way that the the big two are shaping the industry? Well, yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, the, the thing is. That the, the movies are great, okay? We we all enjoy the movie and the entertainment and the TV shows as well. Uh, but what's happening uh, is the the, the market is being becoming a little oversaturated, just by just by Britney saying that you know they have a hundred and something boxes full of books, which is great for business, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's it's becoming a little oversaturated in the sense that you know uh, it's. It's going to be a little bit harder to get rid of some of these books if you're looking to sell them. If you're looking to hold on to them, that's great. That's your that's your business. You should you know whatever you want to do with them. Uh, but but as far as selling them, it's going to be a little bit harder down the road. You know, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now. But as for what Marvel and DC are doing, they're creating more interest to the hobby, which is great. Which what's what's not to love about that? You know, um, that's fantastic. Uh, it keeps us all in business. And uh, we love them, you know. I think it's more, uh, it's like you say, I think we've been, uh, a lot of times when we've talked on this uh, Hangout, about um, almost like that bubble that... Um, yes, it's definitely a bubble out there. Of, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think investing in comics, it, it's kind of riding, if not on, riding on the uh, the coattails of that, but at the end of the day, it is almost dependent on it as well. Yes. So, indeed. Right, um, I'd like to thank my guests for joining us uh, today, and I hope that um, if you've been watching, this has given you a little bit of a, uh, an introduction into uh, the way that um, how to invest in comics and also how to properly get into in terms of protecting uh, your investment in terms of slabbing. So I'd like to uh, thank my guests. I'll do Brittany first so that she can kind of <laughs> vanish the distance and get, get down to, get the back to work, Brittany. Get back to work, Brittany. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Brittany. Your time has been most appreciated. Thank you. I had a blast, and hopefully, I will do this again sometime. See you in New York, Brittany. <laughs> yes, I will be New York. You are absolutely all right. Where can people find you? Uh, oh, you guys can. Uh, if anybody has any questions or anything, you can email me, B McManus. That's Bravo Mike Charlie Mike Alpha November Uniform Sierra at comic.com. She's practiced that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it all the time. <laughs> Good. Um, Use the sweet yeah. words all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's Even awesome. Anytime if you guys have questions about anything, I'm always uh, got my email on my phone or if I'm in the office, obviously, and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. 
Awesome. And of course, you can um, check in the on the Twitter account as well, CGC Comics. And they also are, uh, well, Brittany is on Google Plus as well. Listen, I'm a Google Plus boy. I'm going to keep pimping it. Deal with it. I love uh, Google Plus. Enough people. I, there's not enough people on this thing. It's awesome. I, I, same here. So there we go. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Brittany. Uh, we'd also like to thank Anons. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Um, uh, oh, if uh, you're kind of frozen on the... Is that, there you go. Um, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us, Anant. Um Where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BokenRed, B-O-U-K-E-N-R-E-D, or I'm on uh, Friends of CCT at, at Alyssa's Forum as well. Excellent. And also, it sounds like on your uh, Facebook page as well, which is it got a vanity URL, or, or is it just people just find you on Facebook? Oh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Um, just look for me, Anant, A-N-O-N-T, and you could just, if you want to follow me, go ahead. There's really none to follow, but... <laughs> oh, no. You've got a lot of selfies there with famous people. It's amazing. I am constantly amazed. Every day, there's a new selfie with somebody I recognize, which is saying a lot, because I don't recognize a lot of people. So... Seriously. I'm, I'm going to go stalk you after this. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in New York City, so he gets he gets to see a lot of people. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, need to, I need to up my stalker skills and just wait outside like Blake Lively's house more often. Maybe I'll get a selfie. Whereas I'm, I'm based in Yorkshire and no one comes here. Um, <laughs> Well, we've got um, a couple of big cons coming up in the next um, couple of months. We'll talk about that in a second. And uh, last but not least, thank you. Me. next year if you are going to that show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this, I think, was the first time I actually saw CGC in the flesh. Yes, uh, London Super Comic Con. Yes, looking yeah. forward to, to that uh, event. Absolutely. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll see you then. Oh, excellent. <laughs> we were there at London uh, Super Con. That was pretty cool. Uh, are, you over, are you coming yeah. over? Are you coming over? Are you coming over? Oh well, yeah, we'll probably go back out there. We'll see. I haven't done it. Yeah. Oh well, we'll 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 have to uh, do one of these IRL things that the kids are all talking about. Um, <laughs> thank you very much indeed to for you to join us, Jay, as well. Um, so where can people find you online? Oh, basically www.investcomics.com. Uh, all the major uh, social networks, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, Flickr, whatever. You can find us everywhere. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I, I think I saw a very distinct absence there. Uh, yes, Google Plus, they are there. No, but we're, they we're on Google Plus as well. Yes, we are there too. But but we don't have as many followers. Uh, people don't seem to come to Google Plus as much, but, but we're definitely going to be pressing on that for people I'm, to come I'm, I'm starting to take this personal note. <laughs> no. Okay, right. No, no. <laughs> thank you very much indeed, Jay. And, of course, Alyssa, thank you very much indeed. Um, what's uh, next on the agenda for the uh, forum? Um, getting ready for New York. We are a lot of people, new people are coming in, get finding groups for New York Comic Con. Uh, we've got meetups planned. The Walking Dead tickets have uh, come out where a lot of people are going to go over for that and planning drinks afterwards. Uh, it's, you know, a good time to be had by all. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, yes, let's talk about New York Comic Con very quickly because we do... Um and it was about this point where my poor internet connection finally gave up the ghost. My signal froze up completely, leaving Alyssa to wrap up the episode. I do love it when she's put on the spot. It's the sadist in me. 
What I was going to say to wrap up the show was this particular broadcast was the start of a run of episodes with some truly amazing guests. Next week on the 20th of September, we talk to Shane Chebsey from the UK convention International Comics Expo, also known as ICE, held each year in Birmingham in the Midlands. And also one of this year's ICE guests, Mike Marks, renowned comics industry figure and now editor-in-chief of Aftershock Comics. We'll be talking about what it actually takes to put on a convention in today's pop culture landscape, as well as what it's like on the other side of the exhibition table, bringing a new company to a comics audience. That's Season 3, Episode 8 of Talking Comic-Con. And then, on Episode 9, broadcast on the 27th of September, we're beginning our run of New York Comic-Con episodes, starting with a conversation with Mike Armstrong from NYCC organizers Repop, talking about everything they've got planned for their 10th Comic-Con from the Big Apple. Episode 10 on the 4th of October will be when we're joined by special guest Cameron Duell, marketing coordinator for Funko, a company with a rabid fan base and who actually haven't appeared at New York Comic Con themselves before, but are doing so for the first time in 2015. Cameron will be showcasing live some of the incredible exclusives Funko have planned for NYCC 2015, as well as talking about their massive explosion onto the pop culture landscape and future releases, including the upcoming Marvel Collector Core boxes and the newly announced Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty. And then, for episode 11, to wrap up our NYCC coverage, we'll be having a live show, direct from a vantage point above the exhibition floor at the Javits Center for New York Comic Con. Alyssa Franks will be joining us live, along with some surprise special guests, to talk about the highlights and headlines of this amazing event. It's all in a day's work for us here at Talking Comic Con. We hope you can join us. Yeah.